This is the Holy Gospel according to St. Luke from the 20th chapter. Some Sadducees, those who say that there is no resurrection, came to Jesus and asked him a question. Teacher, Moses wrote for us that if a man brother, man's brother dies, leaving a wife but no children, the man shall marry the widow and raise up children for his brother. Now there were seven brothers, the first married and died childless. Then the second and the third married her, and so in the same way all seven died childless. Finally the woman also died. In the resurrection, therefore, whose wife will this woman be? For the seven had married her. Jesus said to them, Those who belong to this age marry and are given in marriage. But those who are considered worthy of a place in that age and in the resurrection from the dead neither marry nor are given in marriage. Indeed, they cannot die anymore because they are like angels and are children of God, being children of the resurrection. And the fact that the dead are raised, Moses himself showed in the story about the bush, where he speaks of the Lord as the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. Now he is God, not of the dead, but of the living, for to him all of them are alive. This is the gospel of our Lord. Please be seated. O Lord, attend to my cry, give ear to my prayer. I call upon you, for you will answer me, O God. Incline your ear to me, hear my words. Amen. There are some august and memorable things that have happened on the dates of this weekend previously in history that I I came across as I was looking at the calendar. Tomorrow we remember the end of the Great War, the war to end all wars, World War One. It was supposed to be the war to end all wars, but it didn't. And it's Armistice Day. At the 11th hour, the 11th day of the 11th month, we now remember as Veterans Day, a day where we thank those who put their lives behind to put on a uniform to defend our country. And we celebrate and we thank all veterans for their self-giving sacrifice. But today, today is the 50th anniversary of the debut of a television program that had the audacious goal that they wanted to do something positive with the medium of television. And I think that they have succeeded far beyond the bounds that they set up for. You see, their, their initial plan was to provide educational content for young people when they got home from school or before they went to school or maybe before they were of age to go to school and beyond what they taught in those first simple episodes to learn the alphabet and to to learn your numbers they gave a glimpse of what I think the kingdom that is to come will look like a glimpse of what we are called to do 
I might be crazy, but I think Sesame Street represents the best of what we can do. Now, I admit I am of the age that it was targeted for me when it started 50 years ago. <clears throat> but if you've ever watched the show, everybody is treated with respect. Be they young, old, furry, not furry, puppet, muppet, big bird, snuffleupagus. Everybody is celebrated for the gifts that they have and not bullied or derided for the things that they cannot do. When it started, it started with a handful of human characters and a handful of puppets. And something that was radical 50 years ago, the cast was diverse. There were white and black. Soon there were people of Latin descent. There are people of all sorts of ages, abilities, disabilities. Sesame Street gives us a glimpse of what it's like to treat people and monsters of different abilities, backgrounds, and how to live in respect and harmony. And that's what's ultimately at the core of our gospel lesson. See, all of chapter 20 of Luke's gospel is Jesus arriving in Jerusalem and all the temple leaders coming out to meet him to find something to tear him down. First, the Pharisees and the chief priests and the scribes come to ask him by whose authority he's doing what he's doing. Then their associates come and ask if it's right for the Jewish people to pay Roman taxes. Now the Sadducees come and they ask this question about a woman widowed seven times. Chapter 20 of Luke's Gospel is a political debate. Something that I know that we all look forward to seeing on our televisions. Because these people are asking Jesus questions they really don't care about so they can trip him up, so they can get that sound bite that they can use against him. See, the Sadducees are asking about who will be, whose wife this woman will be in the resurrection, and they don't believe in the resurrection. The Sadducees are a conservative religious order in ancient Judaism that believed all laws derived from the first five books of the Torah. The first five books of the Hebrew Bible, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. If it's not in those five books, doesn't matter. And in their opinion, nothing in those five books talks about the resurrection. Therefore, doesn't exist. But what does exist is this marriage law. This law exists so that widows are not abandoned by the husband's family. If a, if a husband and wife marry and he dies before they have a child, one of his brothers is responsible for marrying her. And any children that they have are considered to be sons of the brother who passed away, thereby continuing his family name. 
But because the Sadducees don't care about the resurrection, they don't care about this answer. They don't care about the widow. They want Jesus to say something that they can use against him. And so Jesus responds by rejecting the premise of their question. To say that the ways of the kingdom that is to come are not the ways of what we're used to. He said, those who belong to this age and marry are given in marriage. But those who are considered worthy of a place in that age and in the resurrection from the dead neither marry nor are given in marriage. Indeed, they cannot die anymore because they are like angels. And they are children of God. They are children of the resurrection. In life after death, in the kingdom that is to come, we will neither marry nor be taken in marriage, and we will not die anymore. But I know that this concerns people because I know that among you are people who are widows or widowers. Some who have found love again. And I know that there are those of you who come from families fractured by divorce and separation which itself brings a whole variety of relationships and conflicting loyalties. So if you ask me, Pastor, what will, what will life be like in the kingdom that is to come when we are all raised? Let me tell you plainly, I don't have the slightest idea. But I trust in the providence and the goodness of God. I trust that God will provide for us in ways that we cannot conceptualize, in ways that we cannot understand. Our relationships won't be the same because rather than the finite time that we have here on earth, we have an infinite amount of time to be with our loved ones and the one who loves us the most, the one who loves us so much that we were created the one who loves us so much that he died for us to show us that not even killing God's son can separate us from God's love. God cares about all of us, especially those who are left behind or pushed aside. That's why God instituted this rule for marriage, because God knew they're going to abandon the widow. They're going to kick her to the curb. They're going to not, not involve her. So God put forth this law. Even with this law, widows were still ignored. Widows were still left behind. And that's why Christ continually tells us, tells those who follow, follow him, that we are to take care of the widows and the orphans, those who have been pushed aside, left behind. And I feel that it's wrong that the Sadducees, in trying to win a point, use this extreme example because in doing so, they inflict pain because 
I have no idea what it is to to love someone and then to lose them. And I can only imagine that to do so a second time must be crippling. But they ignore that pain because they're trying to win a point. They're trying to win an argument. They want to know to whom will this woman belong because they consider her nothing more than property. She belongs to just one. She belongs to God. She's a child of God just as we all are. And we are considered worthy of a place in that age and in the resurrection from the dead, not because of anything that we have done, but because Jesus Christ said so. When he went to the cross at Calvary, when he hung there and died, and when he was raised, he claimed all of those who believe in his name as his. Children of God, children of the resurrection. I don't know what the life that is to come looks like. But I truly believe the, the more that I've thought about it, the more that I believe what this life on earth is to look like is the community of Sesame Street. Where people are taken care of. Where everybody knows that Oscar is a grouch. And he's accepted for that. Everybody knows that the Cookie Monster will destroy your dessert buffet. And we're okay with that. We make allowances so that Big Bird can get into small rooms. We put up with the fact that Elmo is just downright annoying. And that children are celebrated. And that they are told that their potential is limitless. And those who struggle, those who are left behind, the least, the last, the lost, the little ones, and those who are left alone are looked out for and taken care of. We are called to take care of one another, especially those who've been left behind and left alone especially if it has happened to them seven times. We're to trust in God that God will provide for us. Not that God will make everything better, but that God will make everything fine because God will love us and take care of us, both in this world and in the world that is to come. Amen.